This is the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. In the last Sunday morning of our series called Adam's Favorites. All right, this is a cassette tape for those of you that don't know what that is. All right, I've explained it a couple times already. Um, it goes in a thing called a, a, a tape deck or a tape player or a cassette player. It calls, it's called a lot of different things. Um, and you used to listen to music on it. It's crazy. <gasps> Just like a CD or an iPod or iPhone or whatever, um, it contained music. All right, and believe it or not, when this thing came out, like uh, probably about 30, 30 years ago, um, it was like magic, all right? People were like, how do you get the songs on there? Like, that's a, a merit. It's a miracle. It's amazing, all right? And so I love, I love this picture of, of this, all right? People used to make mixtapes. Um, then they used to make mixed CDs. And now you guys, you just make playlists, like on Spotify. Like you have, you have your, your playlist. Maybe you use iTunes music. Maybe you just have a playlist of your favorite songs on YouTube and you listen to the ads first and then you listen to the song. That's the most annoying thing in the world when you're like, listen to this great song. And it's like, would you like to sign up for this lawn service? And you're like, ah, oh, you're ruining the moment, all right? So the ads are the worst. The ads are the worst. Um, so, so we've been in this series, all right? And, and the reason we've talked about kind of our, our mixtape or our, our favorites is because hopefully for you, you have kind of a list of, of Bible verses or, or places in God's word that are like, if you had to make a playlist of, of scriptures, um, that that would be something that was like full and, and just encouraging to you and maybe full of, of Bible verses that God has used in your life at, at different moments, really good moments, maybe hard moments of your life. Um, but we all kind of have these verses that we probably run to that we either know in our, in our head. Um, and I, would, I would encourage you that if that's not something that you, that you have that's kind of a part of your, your walk with Jesus, like memorizing different parts of scripture is really, really good. It's very difficult. It's, it's honestly probably one of the, the things that I'm the worst at, all right? Seriously, like I'll just be the first one to admit, I stink. I stink at memorizing scripture. Um, and actually this week, I got a little bit of a taste of seventh grade boys small group and how they are memorizing scripture. And I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, I was in with Jeff and Rob and his guys in this room over here and to memorize scripture. So listen to this. Um, they had like the verse out in front of them and we were doing like planks. We had to do, we had to like do like a core plank. It's like an ab workout. And so you had to hold yourself up and then we were like reading the verse together to try to kind of like drill it into your mind to remember it. But I was also just there and like my abs were screaming at me. And then I was also just hoping that whoever was reading the passage was gonna like read it faster so I could be done because I was exhausted. Um, but it was, it was an interesting way to memorize scripture of like, okay, if, as I'm reading this and doing that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of do something else to engage not only my mind, but my body as well. Um, and it was like, I'd never done that before. So thank you, Jeff. That was really, it was cool. So I appreciated that. Um, some people for memorizing scripture, they'll either like just read a short bit of scripture and repeat it over and over and over again, kind of like looking away for half of it or just parts of it and then trying to do it all without looking at it. There's all these different ways to memorize God's word um, and kind of, and keep that in your heart. And so I believe that um, if you do that, that th those things will, will come to fruition later on. And, and if there's moments where I think you hit a situation and all of a sudden either that verse that you remembered or, or memorized or whatever, I think the Holy Spirit brings that to mind 
um, and we're reminded of God's promises and who he is in moments that are difficult or even good, um, and, and then we worship because of it. So if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and go to the book of Matthew. So Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament, all right? It's about uh, two-thirds of the way through your Bible, um, maybe even a little bit more than that. Um, Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3. So you get through all the Old Testament books, um, and the one right, the one right before uh, Matthew is also an M. It's Malachi. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be right after that. It's the first of the four Gospels. Um, and if you have the exact same Bible as I do, it's on page 808. So good luck. Um, if that's you, you win. Um, page 808. And so uh, this, is, this is out of the ESV um, that we're going to be reading. But let me just kind of give you um, an intro to, to where we're going today. So two weeks ago, I talked through John 10.10. 10. Um, life to the full, right? The, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Um, actually, uh, Pastor Happy talked about in the main, main room this morning. Um, he brought that up towards the end, which I thought was, was cool. Um, and that, that verse for me was one that, that God used to really draw me to himself, um, right? I had this, this choice laid out in front of me of I could, I could live for myself and die, or I could die to myself and live for, for Jesus, um, and obviously I, I picked the second one. He called me into that, rescued me, saved me out of my own garbage um, that I, had, I was living in, um, and he saved me. And so we, we looked at that. Last week, um, we were in Exodus, and so we've been kind of jumping all over the place. We were in Exodus 4, and we looked at Moses and how kind of his call to do God's work, um, to, to be God's mouthpiece, to, to be the one to go and, and free God's people, the Israelites from slavery, right? God called him into that out of a burning bush, no less, which is like nuts. And, and Moses is, he's like coming up with all these excuses of like, uh, I probably can't do that. Or they won't believe me. Like, how will they know that you sent me? They're, they're going to think I'm a crazy person. I don't, I don't talk well. I don't, I don't have, I'm not eloquent. I don't speak good. Um, which, yeah, I like saying that. Um, and so that was last week as we looked at that. That was kind of this, as I wrestled with this call to ministry in my life, um, God is also, he calls all of us to, to follow through on the Great Commission, to make disciples of the people around us, of our friends, um, of even the person sitting next to you, um, to encourage them and sharpen them as your brother or sister in Christ. And so as we try to follow Jesus, it's kind of this, what, the question from last week was, what's your excuse? What is the one thing that, Maybe you bring up time and time again to God, and he's just like, all right, you know what? Because of this reason, I can't, I can't do this. Because of this or this thing in me or this thing that I'm not good at, like I'm going to avoid being bold in my faith. I'm going to avoid um, really, really chasing after you or even trying to make disciples. So that the whole question of, of what's your excuse, um, and I shared the story of how God, yeah, God, again, he used that in my life where I, I ran out of excuses. Um, and he's like, I'm calling you into this. I'm calling you into, into ministry, into vocational, so that this is your job, like, which is a scary thing. Um, and, and it was just this awesome moment where, where God used his word, again, to teach me something about himself um, and call me, call me to himself. And so that brings us to this Sunday. Um, and, and the lesson that I learned through, through this passage of scripture, um, it was a lot more recent. It's about a year ago. And, and so I mentioned it earlier, even like the idea that as you guys walk in this room, that 
you don't leave your troubles at the door, but you, you bring them in here with you, right? Because they're, they're a part of you. Um, but that if you bring them in here, we're, we're able to, to kind of bring them to Jesus and just say, I need help with this. And you can ask your friends for help and, and all these other things. And, and if you haven't caught kind of a theme from the last couple of weeks, uh, I grew up in the church, much like a lot of you, um, where I went to like Sunday school or a kid's class or something. Every single Sunday, I learned a, a new Bible story or I heard the same one again and again and again um, to where I could probably tell you exactly where it was and what was going on. But I had this thing where I knew all the right answers and I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I did not have a, a relationship with him. I wasn't actively seeking him. I just knew a lot of facts about who this Jesus guy was. And because of that, I began to buy into this lie that church and Christianity was about looking good. Like, right, you're supposed to put on your Sunday's best on Sunday morning. Like, I don't even, and part of me is like, I don't even know what that is, right? Because Ryan and I, the high school director, we talked about this last week. And Sunday's best is a funny concept because like I could buy a pair of, of shoes, of sneakers that cost more than like a fancy suit. And people be like, why are you wearing tennis shoes? And it's like, well, these were like $350, other stuff like that. These were not that much. These were like $20, I got them on sale. Um, I don't buy shoes like that. But this whole idea that you could somehow fake your way through following Jesus is this weird concept that I think that we all have seen, if not even seen and experienced firsthand, where we show up and people say, hey, how are you doing? We go, I'm great. Everything's fine. Everything's good. And we think that that's all right because we feel this odd pressure to look better than we really are, that we like have to have it all together or we have to have these kind of list of things to check off that when it's like, hey, okay, I, I read my Bible for this many minutes this week, or I, I spent this much time in prayer this week, or I, I served the homeless this week, or I, I went above and beyond and I did this and this and this and this. And we have all these like things that we tally up that it's just like, okay, the more boxes that I check off, um, the more things that I do, right, the better Christian I am, right? You guys feel that sometimes? Or that's that pressure to do that, to, that's, that's life, and if we're not careful, we get into this weird cycle, this weird tension where salvation and, and God's grace and mercy then becomes something that, that we earn by the things that we do, which is the exact opposite of what Scripture teaches us. And, and it's weird because as you, as I've found, like being somebody who works, like that this is my job, like, being a pastor is a job. That's, that's a weird thing to think about. That, like, I come here, and I have an office here. I told you guys that last week. And I work in the church. And, like, whenever it's, like, people, like, going to work, going to the office. Like, I come here. Not, like, here, but I, in my office. And, and it's really odd. Because it, as I've continued to grow and tried to follow Jesus, there's been this weird tension even in my heart where I get pulled back into this cycle of, like, that following Jesus is about what I do and not about who he's, who he's called me to be or, or who I am because of who he says that I am. Like that being a Christian is, about, is all about what I do. Now make, make no mistakes. If, if, 
if you are a follower of Jesus, we are called to be obedient to the things that, we're, that, that Jesus calls us to. But it's not the obedience that makes us saved. And so if you guys have your Bibles, again, we're in Matthew 3, and this is the baptism of Jesus. And I, I want you to note something here as I read this. This is the very, very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry, all right? Like he, hasn't, he has not technically, in Scripture, he has not done anything yet, all right? Like he's grown, he's been with his parents. At this point, he's already, like, he's 30 years old, which is even older than I am. So it's like he waited even longer than, than I am old to begin to start this ministry to do what he's doing here, all right? And so there's this guy named John, and he's, he's been baptizing people and proclaiming that, that the Messiah is coming after him, like that soon the Messiah is coming. He says, if you back up chapter 3, verse 11, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. He's saying, he is coming after me. He is going to call out the ones who are true followers and the ones who are not. He's going to begin to separate them out. He's coming. And so then immediately after that, verse 13, let me read this. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he, John, consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, all right, this is crazy. Picture this scene as I read this. Like, put yourself in the shoes of somebody watching. You just, you just saw a guy get baptized in the river. He comes up out of the river. Immediately he went up from the water, verse 16, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. All right, so first of all, that's a crazy picture, right? The heavens open, this, this Holy Spirit that looks like a dove, it begins to descend on him. And then 17, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That's nuts. Think about that for a minute. Like you're just standing there and all of a sudden this guy comes through whose name is Jesus, all right? John baptizes him. All of a sudden, the heavens open. Part of me, like, I don't even know what that looks like. Does that mean, like, did the clouds clear? Did, like, did, what happened? What, what does that even look like? And all of a sudden, the Spirit comes and it descends like a dove on Jesus, and then a voice from the heavens, like, rumbles through. And it, there's nothing here that indicates that, like, only a couple people heard this. Like, this was an audible voice from heaven that everybody who was around had to have heard. This is my son. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. All right, and I would ask you this question because this is important. At this point, again, what had Jesus done in his ministry life? What had he accomplished so far already? 
The answer is nothing. All right, that's not to say that he hasn't been following the law and, and doing the things that he was supposed to as he's been growing and learning. But at this point, in, in what we have of Jesus' life in his story, he goes to be baptized, and, and what he's done for the people around him, the healings, the, the, the miracles, all of this, like, that is yet to come. That's yet to have happened so far. Jesus has done nothing. And so we see, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. See, the, the thing here is that God says that this is my beloved son, not because of what Jesus has done, but simply because of who he is. All right? This is my beloved son. I love him. All right? He's, he's proud of him. He's like, this, I claim this. He is mine. And it's not because of what he's done but it's because of who he is. I think back to, to this moment that I had um, whenever I was getting ready to leave for college. Um, I was 18 years old and we had like this kind of like send off at our, at our college. I went, I went to a Christian college um, and, and there was just kind of this cool moment where they had the parents like pray over their kids. And so my dad was there, my mom was there and they were praying for me and just like that, that we would, I would have a good college experience that I would learn and grow and all of these good things. Um, and, and if you remember even the story that I told two weeks ago, like, I was, I was a pretty bad high school kid. Like, I wasn't the worst of the worst, but I just, like, I, I didn't respect my parents well. Um, my relationship with them was strained. I did not treat them with as much respect as I should have. Um, and, and if you would have, like, added up all the things that I did in high school, it, it's not something that it's been like, man, yeah, that guy had a, had a great time in high school. Wow, how awesome. And so I, I, I even, I, I was leaving home feeling like I had like failed my parents, like that I just didn't do right by them. And I remember after, I, after we prayed together, my parents prayed over me, my dad, he just pulled me in close and he, and he just said, Adam, I'm proud of you. And like that, that like broke me because it, in that moment, I realized that my dad was proud of me, not because of all of the stuff that I did or did not do like growing up. But my dad was proud of me just because I was his son. And it like, I get like choked up now even just thinking about it. Cause it was just, it was such a, such a huge moment. And even in that moment, I think it was such a beautiful picture of the way that God looks at his son. It's not what you have or have not done at this point. It's, but I love you because of who you are. Now, now hold on to that. All right. And now flip with me in your Bible to, to Galatians chapter two. Galatians chapter two. So this is gonna be a couple books over. You're gonna go through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then you go through Romans and first and second Corinthians. All right, so we start to get into the letters of Paul. So this should be right after Corinthians. Second Corinthians is the book of Galatians chapter two. Fun fact, the books, um, the letters of Paul are arranged by the length, like the order the, like the amount of words that are in them. And so the longest books are first, Corinthians, and then it like gets shorter, every book. Fun fact. Um, and so keep that, keep that picture in your mind of, of who God says that, that Jesus is. All right, and now let me read this. Let me read this for us. Um, Galatians chapter two, and I'll, I'll just really fast, I'll read 16 and then I'll jump to 20. Here's what 16 says. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So again, this is a reminder. You are not justified by the works that you do. 
We're not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. It's by faith alone that we're saved. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. He says it again, but he just like flips it. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I think he's trying to drive home a point here. It's not about what you do that saves you. It's by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. So he sets that up and even says, and so we have believed. So he's talking to believers here. He's saying, we, we have believed this. And then here, this is very important. Verse 20, read this with me. Just, just as I, just follow along with me here. Pay attention to this. I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's gigantic. That's huge. Because if you believe, right, if I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is who he says that he is, that he died for me, that I believe in him, then Paul writes that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So if I believe it's Christ in me, my life is hidden with his. So when God looks at you, all right, and all of, all of the sin and all of the brokenness and all the, Jesus completely makes you new. He covers it. And, and even better yet, whenever God looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus. But what do we know about what God how he sees Jesus. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. So it's not about what you do, but it's about who you are. And if you believe in Jesus, then who are you? Your life is hidden with Christ. Next passage, 1 John 3. This is what Ella read. Just another good reminder. So see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. I want you guys to connect all of this. If you believe in Jesus and who he says that he is, you have been saved. You have been justified. If that is true, you are called a child of God. Your life is hidden in Christ. And when God looks at you, he sees not just a child, he sees his son. And what God says about his son, he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, not because of what he has done already, but because of who he is. And so you sitting here this morning, if you are a child of God, if you believe that he is who he says that he is, you're justified. And when God sees you, your life is hidden with Christ. And this is my son, you, in whom I'm well pleased, not because of what you've done, but because of who I say that you are. That, and I, I, want, I would hope so badly that all of you could wrap your mind around and your heart around that this morning. Because if you're not careful, 
if you're not careful, right, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will lie to you about who you are if you are in Christ. He will lie to you about your identity. He will say, no, even though you, even though you, you believe in Jesus, even though no, you screwed up real bad last week, no, you really messed up, and now it's all over. It's done. Like, you screwed up so bad. How could, how could he even look at you? How could he be proud of you? How could he call you his son or his daughter? Because you messed up so bad, there is no way that he would bring you back. And that couldn't be further from the truth, because it's not even that. Because as soon as God looks at you, he sees Jesus, which is crazy to think about. Go ahead and flip to the next Next slide for me. Next one. So this is, this is something that's important, all right? A lot of the times, especially when, when the enemy, when Satan tries to lie to us and get us all confused about who we are in Jesus, he tries to get us switched around. He tries to get us caught up in our feelings, all right? And so here's, here's something that, just a visual illustration that's really helped me all right, it's called the fact-faith-feeling train. All right, it's a lot of Fs. Fact-faith-feeling. And, and when things are going the way they should be, all right, our faith in Jesus should be rooted in fact, which is found here. All right, if this is, this is God's word, this is his true word, our faith should be rooted in the facts of scripture and the truth about who he says that he is and who we are. And then our faith, again, should be rooted here in this and what we believe. And then what we feel should follow all these things. Another, another follow. Faith, fact, feeling. Fact, faith, feeling. But if we're not careful, instead of, instead of facts being the thing that pulls the train, instead of that being, instead of God's word being the thing that, that pulls along our faith, that encourages our faith, that helps us grow in our faith, we get it switched around where our feelings are the thing. The caboose of the train is what's trying to tug it in the other direction. And we wake up and we say, I don't, I don't feel good about myself. I feel like I, I'm not measuring up. I feel like I'm not, and if you're not, I, I feel like I, I'm not connecting with God. Maybe something's wrong with me. I feel like I'm not, or I feel this way. And if we're not careful, then what we feel determines our faith because we say, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling this or I don't, I don't feel God is close to me or I don't feel, and so that he must not be real. He, he must not be there. He must not care about me. And if you're not careful, your feelings will just derail the whole thing because then the facts are at the end of the train and then they can just be whatever you want because your feelings are what is driving the train. You need to be reminded of who you are by the facts of scripture, of who God says that you are through his word. And I, I get this switched up a lot if I'm not careful. If I don't find myself going back to his word and the facts and the truth about, about who he is and who he's called me to be, who he, who he says that I am, all right? And so if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll find that your feelings are the thing that's pulling the train every time. And that's a dangerous place to be because then our facts about who Jesus is get all wonky and screwed up. And then the thief who has come to steal, kill, destroy, all of those things, he wins. He's able to lie to you. You believe the lie about who he, who he says that you are when it's not true. And so please be reminded that if you are in Christ, if you are a follower of his, you are secure in who 
he says that you are. You are his child. I hope that's encouraging to you this morning. There is nowhere that you can run far enough away that he would disown you, all right? And I think sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we, we have walked far away from Jesus. And then we're, we're afraid to turn because it's like, it's like one of those things where, where you feel like you're walking like extremely far away, but really you turn around and he's still, it's like he's right here. Like it, no matter how many steps you take, like you turn around and it's like you haven't gone anywhere. All right? You're still right there and he's still with you. And I hope that that's encouraging to you this morning. Go ahead and, and flip to the last slide for me. Man, if, if you guys don't remember anything else from this morning, this would be the most important thing. What you do for Christ does not determine your worth. It's who God says that you are that should determine what you do. Pay attention. Let me read that one more time. What you do for Christ does not determine your worth but it's who God says that you are that should determine what you do. Because you know you are a child of God, that should then determine your actions and the way that you respond to the people around you. It's not what you do that makes you who you are, but it's who God says that you are that should determine what you do. And so as we kind of wrap this series up, these, these three passages, these these even that we looked at today. It's just a good reminder of, of Matthew, Matthew 3, 16, of Galatians 2, 20, and John 3, 1, of, of just kind of this, as you, as you go through this reminder of, of who you are in Christ. And I hope that as you guys leave and as you guys go out, that you would know that you are his if you are a believer, if you are in him. And if you're not, if you're like, man, I don't know where I am with Christ. I don't know where I am with Jesus. I don't even know if I believe this. I don't know if this is true. I would say that you're in the best spot that you can be here, all right? Don't come in here and pretend like you're somebody that you're not. Be honest about where you're at. Jesus can save the ones who say, save me. But the ones who are like, who pretend to already be saved and say, I don't need any help. That's where things get dangerous. So don't do that to yourself. Jesus wants to rescue you. And he wants you to know him and he wants you to know who you are in him. So I hope that's encouraging to you this morning. I'm gonna pray for us and the band's gonna come up and we're gonna close and sing one more song um, just about, about who God is, about his love for us. All right, so let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word and the promises of your word and who you say that you are, who you say that we are. God, would we... We leave here confident that we are your children, that we are your sons, and that we are your daughters. God, I, I pray for the, for the student, even maybe the adult that's sitting in this room right now that feels like it's, it's been too long since they've run to you. It's, it's, been, it's been weeks, it's been months. And maybe they feel like they're hiding from you because they feel ashamed or they feel like they've, they've done too much or they've ignored you or... Maybe that question lingers in their mind of how much grace is there really for me? Haven't I done enough? Haven't I done too much where it's gotta be run out by now? God's grace has, 
like there's, there's, there has to be a tipping point. There has to be this moment where God says, that's enough and I, I won't extend any more grace. God, I pray that this morning that through your word, they would be reminded that that couldn't be further from the truth. Your grace is new every morning. Your grace extends and covers all sin and that you want us to draw near to you no matter how far we feel like we are away from you. If we are in you, God, then the Holy Spirit is in us. And so how far can we really go from you that you're not there? We love you, Jesus. I pray that we would worship you because you are our Father and because you love us no matter what. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact us at gsm.thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.